0: Think about new beginnings. One of the interesting things is uh, is that almost everything is new. Everything is new, like it or not. Everything. Is, I have a friend who every time he was uh, uh, introducing or leading us in uh, in worship, he always said, "said This is the day that the Lord has made." And I don't understand where that statement came from. But one thing is is very true about that statement. That there's no other day. There's no other day apart from this day that the Lord has made. Mr.
1: Straw. Yes, sir. Can I? Can you hear me? Yes, perfectly hear you. Okay. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this yes, has been I had a, process. a little bit of difficulty, but God, praise God, it work. It's working.
0: Oh, amen. 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 You're welcome, Mr.
1: Markstrom, to the show. Thank you. How have you been? Oh, I'm doing very well, by God's grace. Doing very well indeed. The Bible Institute here is functioning very well. We have almost 100 students here on the property. And today is an exciting day because it is our first day of camp, uh, winter camp. And uh, we don't have any snow here in Florida. um, Hmm. But we have uh, about 155 campers coming. Uh, they'll be arriving here over the next two to three hours, so you can be praying for, you know, a really powerful camp weekend. We call it Pursuit Camp, Pursuing God, mm-hmm. Pursuit Camp. So we're excited.
0: Amen, amen, amen. I don't know if you've seen uh, Grace's comment down there. It says, just quit the boat, get into the plane, and uh, fly <laughs> that's over. That's right.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. But even that, even that, I would have a hard time. I can't put enough gas in it to get all the way over there. <laughs>
0: So. Oh boy. You guys may not know, but Mr. Mark Stratt actually built a plane in his garage and flew it. I wouldn't fly in it, but he did. Um, oh, so, well, you uh, have little faith. <laughs> it's not about the faith. It's not about the faith. I have a problem with the plane, not the faith. Oh, okay.
1: You need to have faith in the builder, and that's me. And I did a good job. <laughs>
0: I think it was a good job. I think it was a good job. I mean, I don't think you've only flown it once. It has been a couple of times now, and yep. uh, I, I, I. Since you are still talking to us, I think the plane is okay. Um, oh yes. I don't know if I have. I don't know. I don't know if I have enough faith. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but, well, I, mean, I haven't been flying but, the plane recently because I don't fly it in the winter time when it's cold here. So. Uh, it will be another three or four months before I get it out again. But I have been flying in my flight simulator on my computer, and the other day I flew over the Bible Institute in Uganda and took some pictures. But I didn't see you <laughs> waving.
0: It was a simulator. It was a simulator. Anyway, That's right. I know, I know. Anyway, I'm having questions with Gracie at the same time. Sorry about that, guys. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to ask Mark to share with us from uh, God's Word. I hope you can stick around a little bit in case some of us have questions that we'd like to ask concerning what you were going to be talking to us about, the plans, plans that we may have, especially when we talk about new beginnings. Um, this series of new beginnings is going to go on for a while as we look at the book of Exodus later on. We'll mix that with some very key passages like Philippians, And other passages that talk about God's sovereignty from the book of uh, Colossians. And so this is going to be packed. This is going to be packed. All of this comes, I think, at the right time, uh, where we have uh, governments uh, starting, where we have uh, schools reopening. We have uh, people who have been waiting for the year 2021 hoping that it will be a better year. And this is January. We've just begun a new chapter in our lives. And so I believe 100% that the topic we're going to be covering, this new series we're going to be covering together, are going to be really a blessing to you as we think about new beginnings. Because I have, the, I think the Bible talks so much about plans. The Bible is full of plans. We still, have, It's full of events orchestrated by God. And I believe God is doing something new in our lives almost every single day and every single second. I Recently, on my emails, I've begun to adopt um, the, the sign-off by Jack Watson that says, on the victory side, because it's a good reminder. It's a good reminder that whatever happens, we are on the victory side. I like what Mr. Mark said, the people who should be less anxious right now the Christians, because we have the truth of God's word. Eschatology is laid out for us. The events have been laid out for us in the future. We just have to get in line and move along with God's plan as he orchestrates different events. But thinking about plans, let's pray for Mr. Mark as we get into God's word tonight, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for our time together. Thank you for the opportunity for us to just come together uh, talk about you having Katie from the US, uh, Ochooks uh, from Kenya, and several ones from Uganda just tuned in and waiting to share God's word. As as, as we listen uh, from you, as we listen from different speakers, Lord, we pray that we will live more blessed than we came tonight. That you allow us to go to bed contented, allow us to go to bed with a peace of mind, knowing that you hold everything together. May that confidence in us be built even some more. Sometimes we plan. Sometimes we, we, we throw you out of our plans because we think that taking shortcuts is, is easier. Sometimes we want to do things on our own and we're on the first. Abraham tried to do that. Several men in the scriptures tried to do that but we also have men like Joseph who stuck with you and waited to see plans revealed in their lives. We have men like Job who suffered, but yet they were stuck and they said, even though my skin shall perish, my Redeemer lives, my Redeemer lives. And these men trusted in you. These men hoped in you. These men lived by faith. Hebrews 11 is full of a whole list of men that lived by faith. And we are coming in line, Heavenly Father, in this current generation to live by faith, and to hope that you have everything together and that we're waiting to see what you're going to do in our lives. We thank you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Mr. Mark, you're welcome.
1: Well, thank you, David. And once again, uh, greetings to all of you from Word of Life in Florida. It's a pleasure to uh, share from God's Word for a few moments. Um, It's been my great honor to uh, be Involved in the ministry of Word of Life for 27 years now uh, Working with young people from all around the world and I love it I absolutely love this ministry and I get many many questions of all kinds but perhaps the most frequent question that I get I don't know if this will surprise you probably not But it usually is a question about how can I know God's will for my life? Uh, people ask it in different ways uh, there are many ways you can ask that question, but this general topic of knowing what God wants me to do, and I'm not going to be speaking directly about that today, but I did want to start by saying this, that when, when I receive that question, I usually answer by asking another question. And that question is simply this, my friends, why do you want to know? Why do you want to know what God's will is? For your life, uh, is it because you're just curious and you would like to know what it is so that you can decide whether you will do it or not, or do you want to know God's will because you've already decided that whatever it is, you will do it? Um, that's a very important uh, difference there. If if I want to know God's will for my life in order to decide if I want to follow it, then I will tell you that God may not necessarily reveal it to you, but if you already have a commitment to do God's will, then my friend, I'm here to tell you that God will find a way to let you know what it is. The desire to do God's will has to come before the desire to know God's will. The desire to do God's will needs to come before knowing God's will or the desire to know God's will. And you know what all of this requires of us? Uh, Humble submission to the Lord. Humble submission to God. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes about God's will and my plans and the humility that it takes to live that way. And uh, I'm going to use the book of James. It's one of my favorite books. Um, in fact, when my wife and I were dating uh, back in the late 1800s, many, many years ago, <laughs> um, we uh, we tried to memorize the book of James And uh, we never finished it, but we we did memorize a lot before we got married. And then we got married, and we never finished the project. But anyway, I love the book of James because it is so practical. And the focus of the book of James is how to walk by faith rather than walking by sight. That really is what James is writing about. And in a book of 108 verses, there are 54 specific commands. That's, that's one for every two verses. You have a very practical, specific command. And in James chapter four, um, these are the verses I want to read with you. James chapter four, we have a really practical set of verses about the humility that we need uh, in order to fulfill God's plans for our lives. And James is going to remind us here that walking by faith has to include humble trust and submission to God's direction. And so let me read to you these verses. I hope you can follow along. I'm in James chapter 4 and verse 13. And he says this, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city. We will spend a year there. We will buy and sell. We will make a profit. And yet, you do not know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin." Friends, I cannot see you, and uh, I don't even know most of you, I'm sure, but I have no doubt that wherever you are in the world, your plans over this last year have been affected by this uh, pandemic that we're in. I know that I have had many, many, many disappointments. I have had to cancel and change many things. Um, In my responsibilities with Word of Life, I normally travel all over the world every year. And I have the wonderful privilege, and it's a very uh, humbling privilege, of sharing God's Word at Bible institutes in Korea and in Hungary and in the United States and in Canada and in Brazil and also the greatest Bible institute of all in Uganda. And um, so last year, my friends, uh, all of those plans were changed. In fact, the last trip that I took overseas was to actually go to the Uganda campus and teach Genesis 1 to 11. Little did I know when I came home from that trip last January, little did I know what was about to take place. Little did I know that COVID was going to, I had heard about it, I had heard about it, but little did I know how much it would upset our lives, how much it would change my plans. I had to cancel a trip to Korea, a trip to Hungary. I had to cancel two trips to Israel. Uh, Our family had many plans that we had to change. Um, I lost a lot of time. I lost some uh, funds as well. And uh, there were many, many, many disappointments. Uh, We spent Christmas without being able to be together with family. And uh, through all of this, and I'm sure what's true for me has been true of all of us, we have had many things change. And one of the things that this has done for me, I'll be honest with you, is it has brought my attention back to the verses that I just read to you. And James says, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will do this and that, and we will go to this city and that city, and we will make a profit, and we will do this and that and the other thing, and you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. He talks to us about pride. Pride. He says, come now. Another way of saying that is, you ought to know better. Come now. You ought to know better. Um, You know, my friends, pride takes many forms. Arrogance takes many forms. And this is one form that it takes that we don't often think about. The pride that we have and the confidence that we have that, that we are somehow in control when, in fact, we're not. We often feel as though we're smart enough, we're talented enough, we're wise enough. We are sufficient enough in ourselves to handle any challenge. Um, And James is speaking against that mindset. He's saying, listen, you who say we're going to do this, and you speak with such confidence, and you don't realize just how little you are in control. And he says in verse 16, he calls this boasting in our arrogance. I don't know about there where you are, but here in the United States, when people graduate from high school, there is a very famous poem that often gets read at graduation time. And let me read to you four, just four lines from this poem. And you will hear in this poem of what I'm speaking right now, the confidence, the pride, the arrogance that I am in control. Here's how it reads. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever God's may be for my unconquerable soul. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. And when this poem gets read at graduations, people applaud. They're all excited. The speaker often reads it as a way of encouraging the graduates to forge ahead in confidence that they have their lives under control. And James says that is arrogant boasting. It sounds very inspiring. Uh, I call it rah-rah speech. Rah-rah-rah, we're wonderful. We can do anything. We will never be uh, defeated. But you know what? The guy who wrote that poem... His name was William Henley. You know how old he was when he died? 27 years old. You know what he died from? Tuberculosis of the bone. He lost his left leg. He died an atheist at the age of 27. He's the guy who wrote this poem about being in control of his own life. He clearly was wrong. Friends, one of the most humbling things that happens in our lives, is when our very best plans are destroyed. It's humbling, it's frustrating. And one of the reasons it's frustrating is because we have a lot of confidence in our own plans. But the truth is, there are thousands and thousands of circumstances over which we have absolutely no control. Uh, Jesus, in Luke chapter 12, said these words. And I pray that perhaps some of you listening to my voice that God might use these words uh, to cause you to to, to carefully consider your own life and uh, and what you're doing with God or not doing with God. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, there once was a rich man whose lands were very productive, and he began reasoning to himself, saying, what shall I do because I, I don't have any place to store all of my crops? And then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns, I will build larger ones, I will store all of my grain and my goods, and I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But, but God said to him, You fool, this very night your soul is required of you, and now who will own what you have prepared? And Jesus concluded by saying, so is the man who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. My friends, once again, I just would say, I don't know uh, most of you. I don't know where you stand in your relationship with God. But Jesus calls a fool, the person who gives no thought for tomorrow, uh, that they could be facing the Lord uh, even this evening. Uh, We don't know how short life is. This time last year, none of us could have predicted what would happen with COVID. And that's still true even now. We do not know what 2021 holds. And I have no confidence that I will even be here tomorrow morning because my soul could be required of me tonight. And I I really hope and pray uh, that, that you listening to me will not be of the arrogant, foolish type that believes that you're in control of your future, that believes that Tomorrow is promised to you, because it isn't. And this text reminds us that we are a vapor. So um, we need to give thought to being ready to meet the Lord at any time. But I don't want to stop there. That is a very significant part of these verses. I I do want to say a few other things, though, that are um, perhaps we might say a little more positive, but um, again, I just would remind us that we have to be careful of the pride and the self, uh, the self confidence that we can so easily have about our plans. So J- James does talk to us about pride, but but let me talk to you now uh, about a second thing that starts with the letter P, and that's the word plans. Plans. Is James saying that we cannot have any plans? Is Jesus did Jesus teach that we should not have any plans? Now some people claim that he did. Some people claim that Jesus, uh, at one time, Jesus said, don't give any thought for tomorrow. So does that mean that we should not have any plans? I don't think so. Let me explain. The Bible teaches that there is such a thing as careful, wise planning. Proverbs chapter six, a very interesting set of verses that talks about ants. I don't know if you knew the Bible talks about ants, but it does more than once. And here in Proverbs six, We are invited to go look at the ants and learn something from them. So listen to these words. Proverbs 6, verse 6. Go to the ant, O sluggard, lazy person, and observe her ways and be wise. Having no chief, officer, or ruler, the ant prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provision in the harvest. How long will you lie down, O lazy person? When will you arise from your sleep? a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and your poverty will come in like a vagabond and your need like an armed man. What is he saying? He's saying that we have something to learn from the ants, something that's wise, and that is to be prepared, to prepare for the future. The ant lays up its food in the summertime because it knows that, that uh, you know winter is coming, and there is wisdom in that. There is a place for preparing and setting aside and being prepared for the future. Paul, in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 7, I'm sorry, verse 17 says, Brethren, I have often planned to come to you. I have been prevented so far, but I have often planned to come to you. Paul had plans. He was planning to go visit the Romans. Uh, Now, it didn't happen right away. Something came in to change his plans, but he had plans, and there was nothing wrong with having a plan. In Romans chapter 15, uh, he comes back to this subject and he says, I have been prevented from coming to you, but now, with no further place for me in these regions, and since I have had for many years a longing to come to you whenever I go to Spain, I hope to see you in passing and to be helped on my way. So Paul was planning. Uh, you know, to uh, to visit them. He had plans. But as we'll see in just a moment, Paul planned in a very godly way. And there was a humility in his planning that I want to come back to in just a moment. But what about these words of Jesus where he said, don't give any thought for tomorrow? That almost sounds like it contradicts the, the book of Proverbs where, you know, we're told to learn from the ants about wise planning, right? So is Jesus contradicting that? I truly do not think so, because in the context of what Jesus is talking about, Jesus in Matthew 6 is talking about worrying about tomorrow. He's talking about the sin of worry and anxiety. And in that context, he says, don't give thought for tomorrow. In other words, do not worry about tomorrow. Uh, Do not waste your time borrowing tomorrow's cares and bringing them into today. And in that same passage, he'll go on to say, every day has enough cares of its own. So don't think about tomorrow and the cares of tomorrow. Don't be worried about it. I think that's what Jesus is saying. Uh, But the Bible certainly does not teach us that we cannot have any plans. But here's where I want to go next. And and with this, I'm going to conclude with an application. Uh, Paul made plans. We saw that we are encouraged to learn from the ants that you know we have to we do have to give some some thought about preparing for the future but did you notice that in the case of paul even though he made plans he held on to them very lightly he was always ready to change them he was always willing for god to change his plans he always lived in the humility of submission Uh, to the Lord. Uh, And therein, my friends, lies the key to biblical thinking about our lives, about our futures, about our plans for the future. We can plan, but we cannot let pride lead us to trust in those plans, to hold on to them uh, with such uh, total certainty that they will happen for sure. We are taught in Scripture to hold on to them lightly. My friends, God is looking for men and women who are characterized by my final word, and all of these words start with the letter P. So I talked to you about pride, I talked to you about plans, and now I want to talk to you about pliability, being pliable. That means I can be shaped, I can be molded, I can be changed. So I don't know if any of you have ever heard of the movie called Sense and Sensibility. And Pride and Prejudice, this is a message about pride and pliability. That's what this message is about, pliability, being moldable uh, in the hands of God. And to help me with this final point, I want to take you to one last couple of verses in Acts chapter 16. And I think we have a wonderful example here of what God calls us to. And I think it's so applicable uh, in this age of COVID and the pandemic. But it should be something that we live even in the best of times, even when we don't have a pandemic. So here we are in Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas are traveling. And um, they have plans to go to certain places. And notice what happens. Acts chapter 16 and verse 6. It says, When they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. And so passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, Immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. This is a really fascinating text of Scripture. Uh, we can see uh, some godly, godly men on a journey. They are being led by the Holy Spirit. They are traveling throughout Asia uh, Asia Minor. And um, they have some wonderful plans to bring the gospel. To bring the gospel into a place called Phrygia. And the amazing thing is that the Holy Spirit stops them. Can you imagine that? That was a good plan, wasn't it? To bring the gospel into Phrygia? Why would God be against that? And yet the Holy Spirit stops them. So then they turn to attention, their attention to Bithynia, and they try to go into Bithynia to do what? To bring the gospel, but the Spirit of God does not permit them He closes the door. So what happens next? It reads in the verse, the next verse said, So they became discouraged and concluded that it wasn't worth it, and so they abandoned their journey. No, they went down to another place called Troas, and it is there that God appeared to them in a vision, or God had a vision for them there, which made them realize that God was closing two doors in order to open another one that was more important and so it was that as a result of this they ended up going into macedonia which by the way i don't know if you've ever studied this but that is the precise moment when the gospel first entered into europe when they when they crossed what are called the dardanelles which is a body of water there and they went into macedonia they had they landed in europe and the gospel arrived in europe And so what is my point in in raising this, in reading this? I think we have a wonderful example here of the kind of pliability that God is looking for. We can have plans, but we must hold them lightly, and we must be prepared and ready and humble enough to accept the fact that God can change those plans. And when he does, it's always for a better option, always for a better option, All things work together for good to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. We need to hold our plans lightly, always in submission to the will of God. And we should always be saying, as James tells us here, I'm going back to James chapter 4, and he says, instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and we will do this or that. If the Lord wills, we will do this or that. Friends, the only way that we'll be successful in doing this is if we truly believe that our God is trustworthy, that his will is perfect, that his plans are better than mine, and if we have the humility to accept that. Romans chapter 12 reminds us that God's will is good, acceptable, and perfect. And at the end of the day, uh, when everything is said and done, this is the only way uh, to live at peace. It's the only way to enjoy rest in my soul when COVID strikes, or when any other circumstance strikes that changes my plans. Uh, That's why Jesus tells us to come to him when we're weary and heavy laden, and to learn to be gentle and humble in heart, and that is when we will find rest for our souls. And that brings us right back to the whole topic of humility that James has been talking about. I, I end with this short story. My grandparents, who are now with Jesus in heaven, were very godly people. Uh, they, did not know, they did not come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior until they were in their 30s. So they were saved a little bit later in life. Uh, but they served God the rest of their lives, and they were a great example to me. And when my grandmother uh, wrote me letters or cards... This is back in the day before the internet, so, you know, it was snail mail. That was the only option you had. And when my grandma would write me, uh, she often wrote two little letters down that I didn't always understand. They were the letters D, as in David, D, and then V, as in Victor, DV. And my mom explained to me what those words meant. They came from the Latin uh, two Latin words, which is Deo Volonte, which means God willing. God willing. My grandmother often wrote God willing into her notes. She would talk about what she wanted to do, and then she would write DV, God willing. And then later in the same letter, something else she was hoping to do, and then she would write DV, God willing. And so what is the application for us? Two quick things. Number one, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior and you don't have the assurance that your sins are forgiven and that you're ready to face God, that is the most critical thing on your schedule right now. is the most important thing because you don't know what tomorrow holds. You may be called into eternity by the end of this night. And to live as though you have tomorrow is a very arrogant and actually unsustainable Uh, viewpoint, because none of us control our futures. And so the first application is that if you've never ever trusted Christ and recognized that you are guilty before him because of your sin, just as we all are, and then recognize that Jesus Christ died for your sin and took that penalty and rose from the dead to prove that he was in fact God, then the most important thing is to trust him now to be your Savior and to forgive you for your sins so that you're ready to face the Lord. But if you've already done that, then the application for those of us that know the Lord is a call to humility, humility in our in our planning. Not that we don't plan, but humility in our planning, submission to the will of God, the walk of faith of which James has been speaking in his book is a walk of humility, of humble trust and submission to God's direction. And James concludes this passage with these words, and with this I close. He says at the very end of the passage that we read, James chapter 4, verse 7, Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. What is the good that James is referring to? It is the good of walking in the humility of faith. And uh, he says, if we know that and we fail to do that, it is sin. So my prayer for you is that for all of us, actually, especially in these days of COVID, but even in the best of times, is that we will hold our plans lightly, and that we walk every day in submission to the Lord, and that we would welcome the changes that come our way um, as being changes from a good, from the hand of our good God, and follow Him because He's a good Shepherd and He leads us well. Uh, I conclude in prayer, Father. I pray uh, today for. Each person listening to this, I have no idea uh, who is on the other end here, for the most part anyway. I don't know what the needs are specifically, but you do. I pray for anybody hearing my voice that doesn't know Christ as Savior, that does not have the assurance that if they died tonight, they would be going into heaven, that they would be going into your presence. I pray that they would not put off to tomorrow what should be done today because we have no guarantees of tomorrow. And for those of us that know the Lord, I pray that you will help us to walk in the humility of faith, uh, ready and willing to have our plans changed, knowing that you are our good shepherd and you lead us well. So take these words and use them in our lives in whatever way you see uh, fit. And thank you for the privilege of sharing from the word of God and bless David um, and grace and, and, and the ministry over there. Pray that you would just encourage their hearts and thank you for what you're doing uh, in that part of the world. It's exciting to see. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. And I hope that I'm hope that i still connected and you're all still hearing me. Thank you, David.
0: Yes, you're still connected. And thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much, Mark. That was, that was awesome. I mean, I, I took notes. And uh, I... I was just thinking about the plans, even just using today as an example. Um, I had all these plans, and almost, I need to plan almost for the next six months of the schedule, just taking the port bin for, for example. And today took me by surprise, and we both know how, how that looked. For some reason, plans fell apart, and... Uh, this this is, this is God-ordained, let me put it that way. Um, there's so much mm-hmm. I'm thinking about right now, even towards our ministry. I hope we can have a conversation maybe sometime either this week or the next. Uh, we just have some more questions, some of them personal uh, in a way. But uh, I was just thinking uh, about what you're sharing, and uh, I really love the application that you just gave there, that if anyone of us tonight does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, we, we cannot take pride in hoping that tomorrow will happen because we've not been assured of tomorrow. And, and just to know that uh, it's 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 wrong to think that we can have tomorrow happen without God uh, himself. So thank you. Thank you so much. Now, just writing on your last point there concerning uh, being moldable in the hands of God, the pliability part, I, I just want to ask... Um, just seeking clarity, not not in argument, but seeking clarity. That how 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 does someone interpret um, uncertain circumstances uh, to know that a door has been closed? Now, for Paul, it was it was obvious. Maybe God spoke to them clearly concerning not preaching in Asia, but. For now, should we only take it that it is circumstances that are beyond our control and by our control that is still in courts, because really there's nothing we're in control over. But must it be only circumstances beyond our control for us to know that that particular door is closed? Where is the place to press on? Uh, Mm -hmm. For example, the pandemic in this example may be a reason not to have camp or not even open the Bible Institute. Uh, How have you been able to navigate through this series of decisions? And of course, not going into details, because I'm sure you've had hours and hours of meetings. But what was your true north? What was that compass that was pointing you as you were making the decision, especially for now to open the Bible Institute and camps, yet most ministries are choosing to stay away from people gathering? And you knowing this is not a closed opportunity. This is actually an open opportunity even when there's calamity or difficult times uh, in this example. I don't know if my question is clear, but I'm just seeking your advice on that particular point. Yeah,
1: this particular question is is similar to so many others that I call these questions that don't have a one-size-fits-all answer. Uh, There is not one answer to that that fits every circumstance, and that is why God has given to us His Holy Spirit to lead us in our particular circumstance uh, in ways that are unique to our particular circumstance. Now, let me try to give a better definition to that. In Acts chapter, in in the text that we read there from from the book of Acts, um, where they tried to go to one place, it says the Holy Spirit prevented them. It doesn't say that they couldn't go in there because the wheel fell off their carriage and they couldn't get it repaired. It doesn't say that they pulled up to the border of Bithynia and they had forgotten their passports, and so the customs officer prevented them from entering. No, it says the Holy Spirit prevented them from entering. Now, I wish the Bible would tell us exactly how the Holy Spirit told them that, but let's not miss the point that the closed door was something that was, as far as we can tell, was was not even like an outward visible blockage of some kind. It was the leading of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I'm saying all this to, mm. to, to get to, to my point. My point is that our call is to walk by faith, not by sight. And let me press that further. It is to be walking in the Spirit, to be led by the Holy Spirit. And my answer to your question, first and foremost, is that the only way that we're going to know in any given circumstance, whether we should keep pushing or whether we should take some circumstance as a sign that this is a closed door, the only way we will know is if we we are walking in fellowship with God, walking in the Holy Spirit, attentive to His voice. um, You know, we, 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 we are walking in the light, not in the darkness. We have we are in the Word of God, you know, each and every day. We're, we're, we're sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I truly believe, and so does James, that when we're faced with a very specific circumstance, like COVID, uh, and we have to ask the question, you know, should we have camp or should we not have camp? Should we open the Bible Institute or should we not open the Bible Institute? The only people that are going to have the clear direction of the Spirit of God to answer that is those who have to make the decision. James says in chapter 1, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and God might give it to him. No, it shall be given to him. So to come back to as practical as I can make it, when we're faced with a a clear-cut You know, very practical decision. Do we open camp? Do we not open camp? Of course, we need to look at all the factors, humanly speaking. We need to be, you know, we need to to, to gather all the information that we can. But what we need most is God's wisdom. How do we get it? Simple. We ask for it. We ask for it, and then we don't sit around Thinking, oh, I wonder if I have it. Oh, I wonder if I have it. Oh, I wonder if God will give it. Do you think God will give me wisdom? No. We step out in faith, believing that He is giving us wisdom, and then we take a look at everything and we make a decision. And uh, I have seen how the Holy Spirit of God uh, leads can lead uh, in one circumstance to say, "Oh, this is a closed door. We're going to turn and try something different." And in other circumstances. The Holy Spirit can lead us to say, no, you need to press on in spite of the obstacles. And that's been our experience here at Word of Life. Uh, One decision at a time, opening every meeting in prayer, asking for wisdom, believing that God has given it to us, and then, based on that, making a decision. Walking in light every day, you know, walking in the light as opposed to the darkness, meaning what? Walking in fellowship with God and uh, having our, I like to say, our spiritual ears Sensitized to the voice of the Holy Spirit, so I have every confidence. Uh, whether I'm saying this to David uh, or any of you or to someone around here, um, I, I many times I've said to people, "I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what you should do, but the Holy Spirit knows, and you need to trust His direction." And so, go to prayer, ask for wisdom, have your have have, have your have your head and your heart in the Word of God every day. And I believe that the Spirit of God will make it clear when you need to know, you know, what to do. Um, that is as practical as I can make it. We 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 we're always looking for something even more precise than that. Like give me give me a pill that will precisely solve this problem, and that's walking by sight. Hmm. Instead, we need to walk by faith, depending on God's lead and direction and, and wisdom. Um, uh, you know, in, in every in every circumstance. So I'm going to leave it at that. That was a long answer, and maybe half of you are already asleep. I don't know.
0: But <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mark. Thank you. I really appreciate uh, the time you spent with you, and uh, that, that was clear. I mean, the Scriptures are clear concerning asking for wisdom and letting the guidance of the Holy Spirit uh, move us uh, forward. And I like what you just said there that we have to be in fellowship with God we have mm-hmm. to be fellowship mm-hmm. with God and we cannot yep. we cannot skip over the fact that we must live by faith and not by sight um, yep. as well the, the things we you, will, you will never well.
1: yep. you you will never succeed in living the Christian life uh, without faith it, it cannot mm-hmm. be done without faith it's impossible to please God Faith is the evidence of things not seen if they mm-hmm. were seen you wouldn't need faith. So uh, you cannot, you know, a lot, a lot of the challenges that I come across in talking to people mm-hmm. uh, as, as people face challenges in their Christian walk, I find very often it's because they're trying to walk by sight where, when only faith will, will do. You know, they're trying to walk mm-hmm. by sight. They want to feel God. They want to taste him in, you know, in a tangible way. They want to hear him. They want to have scientific evidence. And if you could have all of those things, where would you need faith? Um, but you can't have a prayer life without faith. You can't have confidence in trials without faith. Um, you know, if you're if you're waiting to see that your prayers are, are, are going higher than the ceiling of your room, you're waiting to see that before you believe that they're going higher, well, you're going to wait a very long time. Because we're called to pray by faith, right? And walk by faith and everything. So... Anyway, I won't belabor the point, but because it's bedtime over there, uh, time to get get some sleep, but uh, may God bless you all, and, and I know that the Holy Spirit is alive and well uh, over there as He is here.
0: Amen. Amen. That is to all the new beginnings, ladies and gentlemen, and we call this the art of uh, starting afresh, and uh, if anyone here is starting afresh in terms of uh, knowing God for the first time in their life as Savior. Uh, if you're brave enough, just give us a thumbs up in the comments. Uh, right now, just uh, tap your phone and give us a thumbs up if that is you. You'd like to place your faith in Christ Jesus tonight, to trust Him as your Savior. You've heard the gospel several times and maybe tonight has been more clear than ever. Just give us a thumbs up and would like to pray with you. I uh, would like to pray with you. But guys, thank you so much uh, for joining us tonight for Cabin Divos. Thank you so much, Mark for joining us. There's a thumbs up right there from Hygiene. You're welcome. Uh, James, thank you. Thank you so much for that, James. I'm glad that you have been blessed tonight. I pray that each one of us has been, and uh, we'll see each other again on uh, on Monday as we continue with our series, The New Beginnings, The Art of Starting Afresh, The Art of Starting Afresh, as we place our faith in Christ Jesus, as he shows us a new way Uh, Sometimes we can be confused, sometimes we can get lost, sometimes we get weary and tired about what to do next. But trust me that the Word of God is alive, sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing through bone and marrow and dividing every intent of the heart, ready to guide our intentions, ready to guide our emotions towards His will. And so I'm really glad that uh, we can be able to be with, uh, with each other in evenings like this, sharing from God's Word. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. Mark. I'm going to ask that uh, we we close right now and I will see you guys on Monday. We'll see you guys on Monday. This is Gabby Devils That happens every Monday. Wednesday and Friday at 9 o'clock East African time. If you're going to listen to a podcast before you go to to bed, you you can as well grow in your faith. Your number one
1: live podcast.
0: Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 9 p.m. East African time.